What's up, 10 Count Nation? Jason Tiller here, and uh, we got a really exciting episode for you today. Johnny Polk is on the podcast, and he's a relatively unknown quantity here in uh, the Midwestern area in which I wrestle, but I'm going to tell you something. He is one to look out for because he's got the pedigree, he's got the talent, he's got the drive, and he is the most genuine human being you will ever meet in your life. I'm telling you, if, if, if you don't listen to any other episode in this limited run of podcasts that we're doing make this the one you do because you will love johnny polk he's a good dude um i can't say enough good things about the guy he trained with dr tom pritchard and kane down at the jacobs pritchard wrestling academy in knoxville tennessee so uh if you don't know who that is we'll talk a little bit more about it in the podcast he and i worked his first match at iwau and got a couple cool stories about the experience there because he reminded me a lot of myself. But uh, yeah, definitely somebody you want to check out. And please, uh, please, please share this podcast around with all your friends. Let's get Johnny's name out there because he deserves it. He's a good dude. But like always, you did not come here to listen to me talk. So 10 Count Podcast starts now. It's 10 Count Vlog! What's up, Johnny Poke? It's been a little bit. It has. How are you doing, Mr. Tiller? I am doing very well. I tell you what, it's been a, a what a couple weeks since you and I got an opportunity to work together. Something like that. Yeah, about, about three weeks now because we had the uh, winter storm that shut us down. And oh my god! No one can make it out there. And and last week, yeah, three weeks now. Yeah, dude, that winter storm was crazy. Like for those who don't live in the Midwest, holy cow! I don't think I've ever seen that much snow dumped all at once. I mean, where where how bad was it down where you're at? Oh, I, we couldn't get out of the house. Our road in front of our house didn't even get touched for, until the next day. It was a good six inches out there on the road, and it was bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We I think we got like a foot of snow dumped in my yard. And, of course, I live on a state highway, so... For me, it wasn't like it wasn't that bad. I think they got, came through with the snow plows and got it throughout the night. But still, I mean, I think it was uh, it got up to like six inches on the on the road on the state highway. So you know it's bad when the state highway can't keep up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a rough one. Yeah, definitely. So, Johnny, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've only met you a few times. But I know for a fact that you're the type of person that I like because immediately from the get-go, the first time I met you, you you reminded me a lot of me, to be quite honest with you, but also you just had such a great attitude. And that's one of the things where I, why one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on this podcast is so that other people can start to understand uh, you know, Johnny Poke and you can get your name out there, but also just kind of get let people know what kind of person you are. And so yeah, I, I don't know. That's uh, there's not a question there, <laughs> you yeah. know. But uh, so so talk a little bit about you. I mean, like you have such a positive attitude. Where does that come from? I've always been that way. I've uh, always kind of been the underdog and prove people wrong. It's kind of why I got the uh, gimmick going on with the no joke Johnny Poke. So back in 2015, I think it was I was went into the NPC, National Physique Committee, and competed in bodybuilding. 
went up to uh, Indianapolis and competed in Mr. Indy, and I won the bandweight division and came home with the trophy on that. And I mean, I've always just looked on the bright side, and if people ever told me I couldn't do nothing, I was like, all right, just sit back and watch. And nine times out of ten, I'll prove them wrong, and then they figure out why I'm no joke. I do what I'm going to say and always been proving people wrong, so I'm always happy that way, I guess. Because I, I know if someone tells me I can't, then I will. I've always been looking on the bright side of everything. Yes. And Johnny, that gives us kind of our jumping off point, I think. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, bodybuilding before we get into real meat and potatoes of wrestling stuff. You mentioned to me offhandedly the first time we met that you were into bodybuilding and things like that. Talk a little bit about about that. I mean, wrestling is a body business and, you know, obviously it seems like you got a head start on it. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> that's actually kind of what opened the door for wrestling, which uh, whenever I was competing and everything, um, the main event, Xander Kelly, he reached out to me for some like bodybuilding workout advice. And I asked him, you know, like, swap, you know, I'll pick your brain about wrestling and I'll give you what you want to know about bodybuilding. So we got together and uh, worked out a couple times. And then he got me into uh, business and. Uh, I started out just showing up, helping set up and tear down, working security and whatnot. And then they gave me the shot. But yeah, the bodybuilding, he looked at me he's like, man, you look like you belong in a ring. And it really gave me some hope and inspiration to keep chasing it. And I just stuck with bodybuilding to get a little bigger because at the time I was about uh, 140, 145. So I was a little guy. And then after years of bodybuilding, been able to beef up. I'm about 180 right now. And getting leaner which i'm trying to bulk up because you know wrestling bigger guys like you and piper i gotta put on some size now (laughs) yeah absolutely but you know on the same token you know jordan or excuse me xander i shouldn't call him jordan um and i'll probably edit that out maybe maybe not i don't know but xander kelly you're, you're absolutely right he and he's absolutely right you know you have that look about you um, as if you belong in a wrestling ring and, and you do, you do have the physique for the business and traditionally guys, you know, who are smaller on the smaller side, you know, they didn't get those great opportunities, but we live in an era now where smaller guys are getting the big opportunities. Um, so I think you've joined the business at a great time. Um, I got to ask you this though. How do you know Xander Kelly? Like what's your relationship there? It was honestly just the bodybuilding. He needed uh, some advice, and I was wanting to get into wrestling. And uh, we had a, um, a mutual friend. I was working with a guy, and we were just joking around about wrestling. I was like, dude, you should go for it. I know uh, a guy named uh, Kelly, Xander Kelly. He did the same thing where he was young wanted to do it. You can learn from him. So got his information. I got a hold of uh, Xander, and things just took off from there. We just stayed in touch throughout the years, and – then finally, the stars all aligned, and I had an opportunity to work a match, and he got me in the door with the NFW crew. And then after that, he, he was honest with me and sat me down. I was like, you know, I can train you before the matches and everything, and you're just going to learn a little bit at a time. Or, you know, you can just bite the bullet and go to actual school and learn that way. So then, long story short, I uh, applied to the APWA in Knoxville, and uh, I was sitting in my car one morning before work. I got the email saying that I got accepted. I mean, I was so excited. I was, I was thinking about running into ACAR. I'm like, all right, I quit. I'm leaving from Knoxville. And I realized, you know, crap, I got two more months. I got to save up as much money as I can. So 
started working overtime weekends as much as I could to rack up the money so I could move. I up and moved, left my family, quit my job, went to Knoxville to train with Dr. Tom. And that was the best decision I ever made so far because it was just three months of nothing but wrestling. And you were surrounded by other people that were going after the same thing as you. So you were like inspired by one another. You pushed each other as a family in there three months every day in the ring together. It was awesome. Learned so much down there. I'm so glad I did it. Now I'm ready to get wrestling back in uh, the Indiana area, local area. Cause I know a lot of people have been missing out on me. Uh, the NFW crowd, they've been kind of unfortunate that the city won't allow groups around here yet, but I, I hear good things that it's starting to shape up in our area again. And they're going to let the, uh, crowds come to the shows again. So that's a, that's a plus positive side. Yeah, absolutely. And so you like hit on every follow-up question that I had in that particular response, just so you're aware. Um, but I was going to ask you, you know, how much of, uh, your, your training was going, uh, or excuse me, your training, uh, was influenced by Jordan because you did, you're one of the very few people in this area who've gone to a big name wrestling school. Uh, for those who don't understand the acronym that he said earlier, uh, stands for the Jacob, uh, Pritch- is it Jacobs Pritchard or how, how, what, what's yeah. the, yeah. So Jacobs Pritchard wrestling Academy, basically it's Dr. Tom Pritchard and Kane down in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, they, they started their own school and, you know, I can't think of a whole lot of people, Johnny, who've been to, you know, big name schools, of course, Xander Kelly, um, he's been on this podcast before and talked about training with Shawn Michaels, Sam Knight, someone that, uh, Xander works with quite frequently. Um, he was trained at Knox pro, uh, by Rikishi and some of the Samoan dynasty there. So, I mean, you're, you're in pretty elite company when it comes to that. And that was what I wanted to ask you was, you know, how much of that was, uh, Xander Kelly's influence, but also uh, wanted to talk a little bit about getting your start at New Focus there. So, can you can I answer both of those questions simultaneously, if you can? Yeah, yeah. Uh, New Focus was all Jordan Kelly. He, uh, I got a hold of him, and he got a hold of uh, Johnny Richards, and uh, talked to Johnny. Said, "Hey, I got a young kid. He's been training on his own, and." Uh, he wants to get a shot and I met Johnny before the show and he gave me a shot at the battle Royal. And then I did what I was supposed to do. Went out there. I worked the match and uh, Johnny was happy with it. Everyone else that I worked with was happy with it. So he invited me back. And, uh, but before I even had any lick of training, what I did was I went out in my shop and I built a, a two by four platform and put about ink, half inch of plywood across the top and made like a little, little crash pad for me to train on on top of the concrete. And then I bought some uh, gymnastic mats. So I was out there practicing tumbles and rolls and stuff, little things that I was told I would need to know. And that's where I took my first bump was on that basically concrete floor, man. Once I got in the ring, they couldn't believe that I, you know, what all I've been doing to get in. I was like, man, I'm serious. This is what I really want. So then after that, Jordan or uh, Xander Kelly, he told me, you know, the best thing for me to do with like the bodybuilding background and head start on my physique that way is go to a school. So he recommended uh, JPWA, Jacob Richard Wrestling Academy. And I talked to my wife and she agreed that if I want to chase this dream, I need to do it. I need to go all in. And so I uh, applied there. And it was about a week or two later, I got the acceptance. So I had my 
first contract there, paid in full, bought a uh, extended stay down there for three months. And while I was down there training at the JPWA, I, I tried to pick up part-time work where I could, but there wasn't much. And then uh, what I would do is I just wake up in the morning, I'd hit the gym, do like some calisthenics. I'd hit a gym second the second time in the day afternoon, and then go to a uh, class. And the class was five or four hours in the ring Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And you'd be in there bumping, rolling, working matches, learning whatever. Towards the end, we got to do more of uh, like off the top rope. But starting out, it was off the mental chain wrestling and learning the psychology of it and. That is what I was most fortunate about is actually getting hands on by Dr. Tom teaching us the, the guts of the match and how to actually make it uh, make sense while you're in there. And I would recommend it to anybody who wants to take the extra step and jump off a cliff there. Go to Dr. Tom, man. He is the best. And, and you know, for those who don't know, Dr. Tom, you know, he's responsible for The Rock. He's responsible for some of the biggest names in WWE. And when he left WWE, um, of course, he started his own um, his training school uh, there with Kane in Knoxville. Of course, Kane is now the mayor of Knoxville, so there's that connection there. But, you know, it's a big deal to say that you are trained by Dr. Tom Pritchard because some of the top stars in the world uh, can say the exact same thing. So for you, Johnny, what was it like just one pulling up to the building like what was the experience like for you knowing that you're getting ready to get a top-notch wrestling education well man it was it was nerve-wracking at first because he whenever i was walking up to the door i seen the logo i'm like okay this is it this is real you open up the door and then you see dr tom sitting there talking with some students already and you're almost starstruck at first it's like wow okay it's real and then you can see Tom, your classmates, you see the ring where you're going to be spending the next three months. And it was unreal, man. My, my nerves were through the roof. Found a seat and I sat down and I got there about an hour early. I was so excited that first day. And so I was sitting there waiting. And then one by one, I seen each one of the classmates come in, shook their hand, introduced ourselves and everything. And, and whenever it got down to it, Tom started a class and there, there was no bullshitting around. He said, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to get to it. And he went around, introduced ourselves to him, told him, you know, what our dreams were, why we were here. And then that first night we already started work, man. It was great. And the first night, man, I, I, I messed up, man. We went up for like a little lockup and he was just going to tell us like where we're stiff and whatnot. And when I went to lock up, I slapped his ear. Oh my, oh my God. Gosh. I I felt so bad, like one of the greenest mistakes you could ever make. And everyone else is locking up good. I'm like, okay, easy lock up, whatever. And yep, I just went in and glanced his ear. Then he stepped back and oh, I felt so bad. And he could see it too. So when we locked up again, he said, okay, you're stiff. And then moved on. I'm like, oh man, yeah. But then afterwards he said, yeah, everyone, you're all stiff. You're all green, but that's what's going to happen. You guys are going to learn how to loosen up. That's why you're here. And then towards the end, I was in the ring getting to lock up with Dr. Tom and do different like uh, chains, man. And it was it was unreal. It probably took about two weeks, a good two weeks for like the whole adrenaline of the back to wear off. And like, OK, Dr. Tom is he's he's really cool, too. Like he'll 
he doesn't bullshit with you. He'll sit you down and be like, you know, you guys are here to learn from me. Whatever you have to do, get the nerves out, do it because we're going to do this together. And he was hands on, he was understanding. And he made sure that you were doing it right. It was, it was great. I was very lucky and fortunate to be uh, one of the graduates of the class for sure. So I got to ask Johnny, how involved uh, is Kane? I don't imagine that he has a whole lot of extra time to be doing wrestling school related business because he, you know, he's governing an entire county. Um, but I mean, I figure he has to drop in at least a little bit. Did you get the opportunity to meet him? And what did you learn uh, specifically with, with Kane? Oh uh, yeah. He stopped in a couple times here and there. And, uh, First time he was there was early on. It was like the second or third week, and uh, he's running over some stuff with Tom, and he introduced himself to us as soon as the class started. And uh, he just answered some personal questions that time. And then the next time he stopped in, we were in the ring, and I can't remember. I think we were learning how to throw punches in the corner, and Dr. Tom was teaching us that. And then he was there for that when he got in and showed us how he did his because he had just such that iconic right hand you yeah, know absolutely he'd bring it back and make it pop man and so he got up there and kind of explained the different ways to do it and like that's his way that he can make it look good not everybody can do it good that way just like when the rock does his you know he brings it in the way he does it with the open hand there and it really kind of it was a good eye opener to see like there's not really one right way to do everything you know yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of a lot of people uh, who don't train in specific situations like that, they do get caught up in there is a right way to do this and there is a wrong way to do this. And I think that's true. There is a right way and a wrong way to do everything. But that doesn't mean that there aren't shades of gray within the right way. Would you agree? Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. So let's talk now. You, you get through training three months with Dr. Tom, one of the coolest experiences it seems like that I've ever heard about. <laughs> you know, I, I when they opened up that school, I always said I wanted to go down there as well, but um, I, I don't have, uh, what What was the cost on that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it was 3000 but then if you paid in full, it would get knocked down to 2500 yeah. So, and then you got, so you're paying tuition to wrestling school. So $2,500, $3,000, whichever way you did it. Plus you've got uh, a place you're staying down there. Plus you're trying to pick up, um, you know, part-time work. Plus you've got life back home. Let's talk a little bit about that for a second. So you're gone for three months. Um, how did that affect family life? You know, a lot of people around here, that's the re one of the reasons they don't go. It's money and then stability. They got to make sure that they're, they have their life back home when they come back. So, uh, talk a little bit about how you kind of reconciled all of that. Uh, it was hard. That is for sure. I was just lucky to have, uh, my wife behind me that helped give me the push and was going to stay back here and keep everything alive because, like I said, I had to quit my full-time job. I had been there for over a year making good money. But to me, this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to leave. And at my age, I'm 27 years old, not getting younger. I got to do it now if I was going to do it. And she, me and her sat down and talked it out. We, uh, I emptied out my retirement for it even, to be honest. Uh, I emptied out my retirement so I could go ahead and pay in full the mortgage for the next three months. So then the money that she'd still be making, she could still pay the bills and whatnot and be fine but me down and once i left got down there i allowed myself 40 bucks a week like i'd go to the store it was chicken and uh, 
frozen veggies. That was my meals, and that's all I ate. So I allowed myself 40 bucks to play with, and that was like 20 bucks in gas, and then the other 20. Most of the time, one week it would be whiskey, and then the next week it would be a cheat meal from Pizza Hut or something. Oh, very cool. But like I had that $20 I could play with, basically, and it was food or whiskey for me. You know, I've, I've been there. Um, maybe not so much by choice, but I've been there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about now you're, you're out of school. You're coming back to home. You're, you're working, uh, trying to get back to your you know full-time job, getting back to normal life as well. Let's talk a little bit about getting wrestling bookings. Now, of course, I'm sure New Focus and having that connection there with uh, Xander Kelly was probably helpful, but... You know, you've found some other places to work, it seems like. It seems like you've got a fairly decent following, right? Yeah, yeah. When I came back, I was working at a, a factory again, got back on a factory full-time. And when I say full-time, I was talking like 50, 60-hour weeks. And I realized, you know, I can't wrestle, do the wrestling life. And when we were down at school... Uh, Sin Bodhi, he stopped by for like a little guest appearance and he said something that will stick with me. It's like, he said, you'll have to make sacrifices. Now, if it's your job, your dream job, you're working it, whatever, fine. Then wrestling isn't for you. That will be a hobby forever. But then if wrestling is your dream job, you're going to have to make sacrifices in spots. So I realized, you know, I can't wrestle working at a factory. So I quit the job at a factory and started working on a farm again. And the reason for that was Sin Bodhi, he worked with the carnival, like the carny life. And that's where his gimmick started coming from. I was like, you know, my kind of gimmick is the cowboy. And I grew up raising cattle. So I was just decided, you know, I'll uh, go back to my roots, make it original and authentic. So I started back up at uh, working at my family's farm again. And then uh, after that, I think that's been helping me get a good following with my fans because they see me do it in the ring and now they're seeing that it's my life now i made it my gimmick my life my life is my gimmick and and that's something i do want to talk about because you just seem so authentic i mean personally i don't know you super super well just you know the couple times i've been in the locker room with you but I mean, from the minute I met you, you seemed extremely genuine. And whether that, and of course, you've followed me on Facebook and socials since then. And, you know, I see what you post and I see where you're at and what you're doing. And, you know, it just, it seems very real. And it sounds like it, that's because it is, right? That's right. Like growing up, we always had cattle. We always raised our own beef. We had our gardens. We, we worked with our hands every day and we're never afraid of hard work. And, uh, so whenever I came, like whenever I was working again, that's where it came from. My childhood and me and my grandpa always loved the Cowboys and everything and always watched old Westerns with John Wayne. So that was always my life. Every weekend we'd watch Westerns and wrestling together. So the gimmick started way back in the day with my grandfather and then I would work on the farm. And then once I got old, I had to go work in a factory to make ends meet. Now that I'm back on my feet and everything, I'm like, you know what? Let's get back to the roots. Let's make this authentic again. Let's give the crowd something new that they may not have seen in a while. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go to work on a farm. I'm going to be the cowboy that these people want to see. And I like it. I like the hard physical labor. Some days it's easy. And some days you're birthing calves out there on the farm. You know, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. It's always changing. And it, it, it helps me a lot 
I think it, I can incorporate it with wrestling because you never know what's going to happen. You never know who you're going to get. You got to be able to work on the run, you know, work on the move. So I think that helps out in the ring as well as my personal life too. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. And, and that was going to kind of be my next uh, question. You know, coming from such a pedigree of school, um, you know, you, you kind of have to learn that older school mentality where you have to learn to work on the fly. You have to be able to cover up for mistakes pretty quickly in the ring. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you, you're a little bit different uh, when it comes to your, of course, your training, but also, you know, your mentality when it, uh, than, than other guys who, you know, when things get out of hand, when things go off the rails, it's like it deer in the headlights. Um, so mm-hmm. do, you, do you feel adequately prepared for that type of situation, I guess, is what I'm asking? Yeah, I do. Uh, because one thing I've learned through everything in the past years I, I used to do competitive skateboarding too back in the day wait you're a um, bodybuilder and a skateboarder yeah i uh, did a, a competition at evansville at the killer skate park half pipe contest and i walked away in second place it was pretty cool <laughs> wait not not only are you a skateboarder but you are a half pipe skateboarder how did i not know this about you ah <laughs> uh, i'm the, i have the element of surprise that's why i like to work you know you won't hear much out of me for a week or so, then bam, there it is. Another another firecracker. It, but yeah, it's like it's like a life well lived, and there's like just this multi you're like a Russian nesting doll of random cool <laughs> information. And I'm learning that just now for, for the purposes of this podcast. That's awesome. Oh, brother, I tell you what, the real trick is getting me to shut up because there is story <laughs> upon story I can go on about. I last two weeks in a row. This is no joke here. Uh, Mondays is my day off, and I'm folding laundry in the living room doing the housework and whatnot. And I look out the window, and there's a SWAT team in my front yard. And I don't know what to do. I'm looking around. They're launching drones up in the middle of the road. And what it was was there, they had a criminal in the, on the run who was camped out in my woods the night before. And they tracked him through my woods into, like, my neighbor's yard. And then they lost his track. So they had a SWAT team running through my woods looking for this man. And he was on like a four-day manhunt. And I don't, I really don't know if they found him yet. And that is no joke. You can look that up in the Perry County News. Last uh, Monday it was, they were flying drones around looking for this guy. It, it's always something. Like I was just telling my buddies from class, I sent them all the newspaper links for like the last three years on my street. I was like, I can tell people this, and they're, gonna, they're not going to believe me it's a shoot. They're going to think I'm working them, but that's that's the one thing I love about having this wild, crazy life I've lived is I have so much material that I can keep authentic, like stories that I've lived through. And like with skateboarding, like one thing I learned from that, that I'll always carry on you, is you got to commit. Once you drop in, once you take that first step, man, you're going down that ramp headed for the other side. you got to commit to whatever you want. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Same way within the ring. Whenever you're in there, You've got to commit. You can't get squirrely at the last second. That's when accidents happen. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right on that account. Um, and that's you know, it just to me, it just it's crazy to me that you you were a skateboarder. You don't look like a skateboarder. You look like a bodybuilder and a professional wrestler. And now I'm learning that you you're you're Tony Hawk on the side. So <laughs> yeah, they uh they said I used to look like King Koopa on a skateboard from uh, Mario Brothers. I like that King Koopa. I, yeah. So so. Now, now we're gonna have to uh, 
we're going to have to get you, get you a skateboard or something and you're going to have to show off these skills. So, Oh man, dude, trust me. Whenever I seen Darby Allen do it on AEW, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that is genius. It really is. And like, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you there. There's a kid who uh, used to wrestle around here. I don't know if he still does or not, but his name was Cole Adams. Uh, and I don't know if you ever met him or not. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for a long time, he did the skateboarder gimmick. But the funny thing was, he couldn't skateboard. It was just a gimmick given to him by the guy who trained him. And, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was... Uh, he tried to do it. He tried real hard, and I think he practiced at it. Um, so, anyway, yeah, off to the side there. So, so Johnny, let's talk a little bit about, you know, finding IWAU because we're, we're running low on time here. Um, but I'll go ahead and just kind of give this story uh, for, for the listeners, give you a break for a second. Uh, the first time I met you, uh, I think it was Joey walked up to me and said, hey, you're working that guy and pointed at you. And, you know, he told me, hey, this guy's green, um, you know, he, but he's, he's good. And, you know, kind of gave, gave me the rundown on you. He didn't tell me that you trained at, you know, Dr. Tom's school. But uh, I learned that working out with you. And so the first thing that you did, um, we got to talking about things we wanted to do. And, of course, I'm always the – I'm known as the guy who's going to work with the green guy because I've been there, and I've been there more recently probably than what most people would expect. But I always feel like it's my job to make make sure that people feel comfortable. And uh, so I I mentioned what was it? Was it a beel toss or something like that? And it was a, it was a term you had never heard. So, I, like, you immediately ran to your bag – and grabbed a notebook, and you wrote it down, and like like it shows me that you have real hunger to learn, and it reminded me of myself because the first time I walked into IWAU, um, I had a little notebook myself, but it contained kind of like a list of here's what I can do, and uh, the first time I worked with Joey O'Reilly, I handed him that book and I said, here, this is what I've got for you, and if you want to help push me a little bit, you know, go for it. And I'll do whatever you ask me to do, but here's what I can do well, and I know I can do well. And so because of that, Joey Joey will tell the story, and he says that's when he knew that I was teachable. And uh, so so that was kind of how our relationship started. And so there were so many similarities there between you and I, and I just thought that was a really cool thing. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, one, why do you carry the notebook, and two, also... Talk a little bit about, you know, how much experience you've had. I know you worked for New Focus a little bit, but also, you know, like collectively uh, before and after, you know, Dr. Tom's school, um, you know, what's your experience been like as far as match count, things like that? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the matches and everything and build up to the little book. Sorry, there was a lot uh, there. <laughs> uh, so after I worked three matches with NFW and... Uh, is right when COVID started, man. Like I got my match right before, like March seventh. I remember it was March seventh of twenty twenty, and then I, was, I got booked after that show for like the Boonville Barroom Brawl and one more two weeks in a row. I'm like, sweet. So I'm getting ready and everything, and then I think it was like the Thursday before, and I had already filmed the promo and put it on my Facebook and everything about Johnny Pope ready to wrestling his natural habitat bar and then covid came along shut down that uh, show and a lot of other ones but then we started doing private tapings for the tv and youtube channel so then i did uh, two of those with them and then he hooked me up with barry baker with tsw so i showed up there early helped him set up and then uh worked my match afterwards i stayed late to tear down paying my dues and everything and 
talked to Barry. I was like, hey, if you ever want me around again, uh, I'd love to. I gave him my information. He said, yeah. And then uh, in the parking lot, uh, Bo Sawyer, he stopped me. And me and him talked a little bit about wrestling and everything, what I was in for and everything. And then I went back there two or three more times. I got to know Bo a little bit more. And then I uh, went down to school. I worked KFW down in Knoxville and USA Championship at our graduation match. Came home, and in my area, nothing was going. And I was getting ready to think, man, I'm going to have to go back down to Knoxville and see if I can't get booked with some of the shows running there. But then Bo messages me and says, uh, you know, get a hold of Joey and see if it's okay you come out there with us at Noble. I'm like, oh, wow, yes, this is going to save me a fortune having to drive five hours <laughs> in Knoxville every night and back. So uh, I got a hold of Joey, and uh, he invited me out there, and then that's the night that we had the match with you. And uh, the little orange book of mine, uh, it was my journal down in school. Every day, Tom would start out talking to us, uh, give us a little kind of like a pep talk, and then if anyone had any questions they thought of, you know, we'd answer them. So I'd always have that book, taking notes there, and when we were in the ring working, if I saw something or if he was seeing something that – uh the guys working in the ring were doing wrong. He'd stop them and then he'd tell them. And as they tell them, I'll write that down in my book. So I don't make that same mistake. So I've got pages and pages of different notes. I took while I was down there. And also what I do is every time I have a match, I'll write down the match, uh, the things I've learned, uh, the notes that like you gave me about our match. And I'll keep that. So I have that as a reference. Cause I know I'm going to forget if I don't write something down, I'm going to forget. And in that same book, I'll have a list of moves I can do, a list that I want to do, and uh, like the history matches the big spots I've got to do. So then I'll never forget. And then whenever I see that, I'll remember it. It'll trigger my brain. Oh, yeah, that would work good in this chain here. We should incorporate this. So I'm always trying to write new stuff in there. I'll sit down and I like watching the older, older, like back in the 90s wcw day watch some of those matches and find hidden gems that people may have forgotten about and don't use anymore in today's wrestling so i can bring that back and there'll be something new that the new crowd hasn't seen and something old that the older fans will see and remember and they might pop for it too but it's just going to be something different that you'll find in the older stuff compared to today's with all the high flying stuff they do yeah, absolutely. And I got to ask, Johnny, did you, was the notebook, was that kind of your idea or did someone give you the advice to have that? Uh, that was my idea. Like I started out with like a little bitty notebook that I could fit in my pocket. And that was a bad, like, that's why I took to my first match at the Battle Royal a year ago with Xander Kelly. <laughs> I started taking notes in it. And then my next two matches, I already had that thing filled up. I was like, oh man, I need to get a bigger one. So then I got a whole notebook. And then whenever I went down to school, I'm like, well, I'm just going to continue using this notebook and this will be my Bible. This is going to be my wrestling Bible. And I'll just sit there and I'll go back and reread some of the notes that uh, I may have forgot Dr. Tom say, but then there they are again. And boom, it just reignites the fire. So, and I'll, I'll Once I fill that one up, I'll just buy a new one and keep filling them up. Cause something that a uh, Bo told me and Xander and, all the guys already, I've heard it so many times, is no matter how good you get, you'll always have room for improvement. 
So even if I have one of my greatest matches ever, I'm still looking for someone to critique me and tell me, hey, I know that could have been better. In your opinion, what should have I done instead? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really good advice from uh, you'll get just from just about anybody in the business who's been here for a while is you, you can always improve. You can always get better. Absolutely. So, Johnny, this has been a really fun conversation, and I apologize, man. We are out of time. I know you've probably got a whole lot more that you want to touch on and that you could touch on, but uh, unfortunately, our runtime is kind of out. But uh, I would like for uh, you to let us know where we can find you as far as where you're working, where you're booked at, and then tell us where we can find you on social media. All right, I'm uh, currently booked with IWAU. Uh, I'll be back out there Tuesday in Noble, and then uh, we'll see where else they have uh, planned for me there. And then I also go with NFW uh, here in the Evansville area, but like I said, unfortunately, the state guidelines still have a shut down in this area but like i said i heard rumor and coming up that it's going to open back up and also tsw which they have a match coming up in vincennes at the eagle lodge on march 28th i believe yeah that sounds right and i will be uh at that show and social media is johnny poke on facebook uh johnny underscore poke on instagram i just got that set up today i'm I'm really live the old country backwoods life. Internet is still pretty new to me. <laughs> yeah, I saw that you but followed then, me on Insta. <laughs> yeah, I just got it set up, and I was like, oh, okay, who old? Okay, here we go. Follow, fo- yep, I know him. Follow, follow, and it's 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 crazy. I'm finally starting to live in the 21st century, man. <laughs> uh, you got to if you're gonna make money in this business, brother. Yep, I heard that. All right, well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It was a blast. Be sure to check out Johnny Poke on all of his social media accounts. Like he said, he's on Facebook and he's on Instagram. Uh, Getting into that 21st century a little bit, you saw that Johnny's not necessarily... He's a cow guy. He's a cowboy. Is that that what I want to say? Cow guy? Cowboy? I don't know. Anyway, uh, definitely check out Johnny on his social. He's a good dude. Definitely a good follow. And if you are anywhere near where he's going to be wrestling, at uh, Evansville or in Noble or in Vincennes, uh, you know, anywhere to go check him out. Go support him. He's a good guy. Definitely worth uh, worth a worth, worth a legion of fans, we'll say. So uh, don't forget to check out 10 Count Blog on our socials. We're at 10 Count Blog on Facebook and Twitter. You can also check us out at uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash 10 Count Blog and pick up your official 10 Count Blog merchandise. Uh, also check us out, 10countblog.wordpress.com. Uh, all of our podcasts will be on there. We've got links to the YouTube. You can look back at our old articles, all kinds of fun stuff on there. So definitely check those things out. Hey, thanks for listening and thanks for caring about this limited run of 10 Count Podcast. I'm amazed at the support we've gotten uh, and a lot of the people who have listened in the previous, uh, they've been listening now. And so I'm very excited. It's nice to hear that there's still love out there for what we're doing here at 10 Count. So Uh, Thanks to everyone from the bottom of my heart. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, another brand new episode uh, in this limited run. We're about halfway through. Can you believe it? It's been that long. But uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening to 10 Count Podcast. Be sure to check us out on social media and at 10countblog.wordpress.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening.